calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, Keegs. Hey. What's up, what's up? I'm so tired. Aw. I'm just barely hanging on, man. I hear you. exhausted. Dude, I slept a full night's sleep and took a nap today because of my period cramps, so I'm fairly well rested, but... I haven't been very well rested. So hopefully, especially since we're going to be having a very fun-filled weekend ahead of us. Yes, we are. You can get some rest before the partying starts. It's unlikely, but we'll (laughs) see what happens. I do think it's funny that the top of this show is just becoming us talking about how tired we are. Yes. Well, it's always us talking about how tired we are on the mini. And then by the time we get to the full, we're like, we're rejuvenated. We're revved up and ready to go. We're like chatty and like ready. (laughs) But it's always like that first like, okay, we're here. We already had a whole day. Yeah, that's the thing for the (laughs) listeners. Like nine times out of 10, we're recording in the evening. Yeah. So we've usually worked all day (laughs) among other things, whatever else we're doing. Yeah. And then we're like, okay. Time to get that second win. Exactly. Baby. And it always comes, but yes. it does take time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it does take some time. So I wanted to start off this week by recognizing that we got a listener email that was regarding how I discussed the Nirvana baby situation. So I wanted to clarify a few things, but I first wanted to apologize if I came off as being insensitive or an asshole in any way. I had been debating this topic earlier in the day with friends, so I was like coming in hot. I had like already had so many feelings about it, and I think because of that, it probably came off a bit more aggressive than I made it to be. I also didn't have any notes in front of me on it, so I went back and looked at the article that I had been reading, and I just wanted to clarify a little bit about where I was coming from. Again, not saying that I am right or wrong in any of this, but there is a lawyer by the name of Jamie White who has represented thousands of child sexual abuse cases, including pedophile priests, Boy Scout leaders, and Larry Nasser, who was the USA Gymnastics doctor who abused young gymnasts for decades. 
And in his opinion, he says, I've never seen a more offensive frivolous lawsuit in the history of my career. He goes on to say that the suit is truly offensive to the true victims of child pornography, saying that the people that traffic in this garbage do it for sexual gratification. The idea that the Nirvana album is for the purpose of sexual gratification is just a ridiculous outrage. This is a money grab, and I would look for a court to dismiss because it's frivolous and it is very offensive to what we have all been doing in trying to protect children from the harm they are alleging here. So I think that is a more concise way of what I was trying to think, way that I was trying to say last week. And again, I sincerely apologize if what I said hurt anybody. That's not my intention. Um, so yeah, I wanted to clarify that a little bit because I, I just felt really bad after getting that email. Yeah, I mean, the way that I feel about it is this though, and that is that you have a right to feel however you feel about your body being used in any way. Definitely. Even if you're a child. Yeah. You know, so I think maybe we as a society need to move away from posting naked pictures of kids anywhere, especially for profit. um, Yeah. Just in general, because you could grow up with some conflicting feelings. Totally. You know, we can debate whether or not like this lawsuit is appropriate. Right. Um, And I think that's the thing is that are valid, whatever feelings he has about his image being used, you know? Yeah. And and that's the thing is like, I think that because I was already feeling kind of heated about the whole situation Mm -hmm. and I came in, you know, I was just looking at this particular lawsuit. I had a lot of feelings about it. Sure. And so I I just want to apologize for coming off wrong or sounding like an asshole. It's never my intention. I take full responsibility. I sincerely apologize, but I wanted to clear up a little bit more about where I was coming from. So I didn't seem like such a heartless bitch, (laughs) Um, you know, So yeah, that's all I wanted to start with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably been a while, so we might as well say again that, you know, we do say at the top of the show that this is all through our own perspective and we're not always going to get it right. You know, we appreciate it whenever you call us in on things and and let us know what your perspective is on things so that we can adjust and address it. So uh, thank you to the listener who wrote in. And um, thank you for that, Madigan. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciated getting that email because I think that there are times that like we're all going to make mistakes and I would rather have somebody point that out to me and be better in the future than continue to rub people the wrong way. Yeah, and you know, I have to commend them as well that they were very gentle. You know, they explained themselves very well. Yeah, no, it was yeah. it, it was a very very and it, and that's what we always encourage is like calling us in, don't call us out. Yeah, yeah. And so I always greatly appreciate how kind everybody is and understanding of the fact that like when we get mistakes, we're not here to be malicious. Like mm-hmm. that is never my intention. In fact, the thought of hurting other people makes me so upset because. I so live my life wanting to make other people's lives better. So really thank you for reaching out to me and having that conversation with me. I appreciate it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. All right, should we jump into some new news topics? I guess so. I mean, that's kind of like what we're doing here, right? 
Yeah. We have to do it. We have to do it. Uh, (laughs) And of course, especially this week, there is something very important that we need to discuss. Yes. Um, And that is the new law that was just signed into um, effect. Effect is a good word. Yes. (laughs) I got you. Don't worry. Uh, Was just signed into effect on September 1st. And it basically is attacking abortion access in Texas. Right. So on May 19th, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed into law one of the most extreme abortion bans in the entire country. So the law, called SB 8, went into effect on September 1st and bans abortions in the state of Texas at any point after six weeks. Yes. So I know that most of our listeners are menstruating people, so they understand what six weeks means. Yeah. For someone like myself, uh, whose periods are not always regular, they don't happen, you know, on the dot exactly when they're supposed to all the time. Yeah. There is a very, very, very high probability that I would not even know I was pregnant at six weeks. It might take you to six weeks to even be like, oh shit, I haven't had my period. period I should take a a pregnancy test. And I was also reading that in Texas, about 85 to 90% of abortion procedures in the state occur after the sixth week of pregnancy. So it really is kind of completely banning abortion in Texas if you look at it from that perspective, because the chances of actually finding out that you're pregnant, making the appointment and receiving the abortion all within that six week time period is not impossible, but it's very, very, very rare. unlikely. Yeah. And in a state where I imagine there probably aren't a lot of clinics access. Yeah, is probably they're not used super- to. I didn't write this down, but I was reading in a New York Times article that there was like half of the clinics are already gone. Uh, mm-hmm. like throughout like the past few years. Mm-hmm. So there's already um, not enough access. There's not enough clinics available for people. And I was also reading that because this went into effect kind of like in the middle of the night between Tuesday and Wednesday. Right. So Tuesday night up until like 1156, different doctors at clinics were saying that there was like hordes of people coming to receive an abortion right. before this deadline hit. Well, yeah, because even if you do find out you're pregnant, like you said, you then have to decide what you want to do, yeah. which, you know, in some cases could be a big decision. Well, and then I also know, and I don't mean to cut you off, but is we, I remember talking in the past with you about how some states too, there's like a waiting period exactly. where you have to like have a counseling session, then you have to right. like wait a few weeks and yeah. things like that. And I that. don't know if Texas is one of those states. I would imagine it, I, f- I f- be. yeah I feel like they probably would mm-hmm. already have a lot of those kind things of things in place, in place right yeah. those things that um are meant to kind of slow down the process yeah yeah for sure so I mean already it's very unlikely and then in addition to that the bill makes no exceptions for cases of incest or rape uh, arguing that quote public and private agencies provide emergency contraception for victims of rape or incest so Basically, they're saying if you can't afford to get plan B or you don't have access, because again, it's pretty restrictive access. We are lucky enough to live in a state where we can probably go to a pharmacy and pretty easily get plan B. Right. Um, but or it's walk not, into Planned Parenthood, ask for a pill and they'll just hand it over. You know, right. it's very simple. But even then. You know, I've gotten plan B several times. And when I was when I got plan B, when I didn't have a lot of money, it was like, 
yeah, it, you're going to spend $50, $75 yeah. on plan B sometimes. And not everybody just has that a money. lot of money lying around, exactly. especially if you are a victim maybe of um, incest, perhaps like right. and you how are you how are you gonna get there how who, you who know are you gonna ask to pay mm-hmm. for it you know if you're underage or any of those things like if you need permission from anybody if you and are underage like you're just putting weight also like too much responsibility on the victim at that point like on the rape victim to like to do this you know what i mean like i know that in those situations psychologically it's so damaging than to also on top of it be like you need to be the person now to make sure you don't get pregnant because there's no abortion for you if you if you do right you I know mean, and it is such a cop out to say well we don't need to make exceptions in this bill because the state will provide um or private agencies will provide plan b that's basically sure. what they're saying so i mean and also i would like to see because they are saying public and private um agencies are, are providing this and I'm like okay well what you, are they <laughs> yeah can you give us a list of those agencies can right. you make it easily accessible for people um but no because they don't want to yeah uh, so not only does this law restrict abortions after six weeks it also gives citizens the ability to sue anyone who helps a pregnant person obtain an abortion yes so though the provision doesn't allow for pregnant individuals themselves to be sued it can be applied to anyone from doctors to anyone who offers to give a pregnant person a ride yeah to an your abortion uber clinic. driver mm-hmm. could be sued even for like ten thousand bucks yeah even, even if, if they, they didn't, didn't know. know and that's like like, it's so annoying because yes I don't want anybody to be getting in trouble for getting an abortion but it does seem very strange that they're leaving out the actual pregnant person and just leaving it to the professionals and everybody else who like aids and abets this pregnant person well I think that it's meant to isolate the pregnant person as much as possible well right and you are it's like a citizen's I mean, it's not a citizen's arrest. That's why I was like pausing. What would you call that? Well, they do have... So anti-abortion groups in the state of Texas, such as Texas Right to Life, have set up tip lines in preparation for the bill's passing for people to anonymously report violators. And Planned Parenthoods have already noticed increased surveillance. So it's basically like bounty hunting. And it is the $10,000 can be given as a reward to people who give these tips. So it is, it's a bounty. Of course. Like there is a bounty on the heads of these people. Yeah. Um, It's really scary it's so scary everybody should be so freaked out by this you have to be like looking over your shoulder to make sure no one's gonna tell on you and then also what if somebody like has a vendetta against you and like this person's getting an abortion like could you be the boy who cries wolf and just totally make it up i I mean i don't know i would imagine there's some kind of burden of proof but right but it's so ludicrous like everything about this law is so mind-blowing that it almost doesn't seem real it feels very much like a a handmaid's tale situation because the penalties for people who aid and abet getting an abortion including people who drive a pregnant person to the clinic um, these penalties are stricter than laws we have in place for people who would drive people to commit acts of terrorism oh god right so you could drive somebody to go bomb a building and you are going to get a less harsh punishment 
than if you drive someone a rape to get an abortion. Yeah. To go get an abortion. Wow. Well, I was also reading that the doctors who are sued, even if the suit is dismissed, have to report the lawsuits when they renew their licenses or obtain hospital admitted privileges, which sucks. Even if the suit is dropped, they still have to like bring it up and be like, oh, by the way, I was sued for giving an illegal abortion. What's going to end up happening is a lot of these people... A lot of these people are going to leave Texas. I mean, there will be those who stay because they know that like there have to be people there who are able to and willing to do to do this procedure because there are people who are going to need it. Like this is going to lead um, to a lot of really dangerous ways that people are going to try and seek abortions now we're going to go back to back alley abortions at home abortions Uh, a lot of the things that we discussed in our jane collective episode yeah um it's going to look like that in texas or people are going to be trying to cross state lines right in order to get to get abortions which is going to make that so much more difficult too especially with you know surrounding states i just remember discussing a lot in the Southern states that we were mentioning mm-hmm. uh, that waiting period and things like that, where you, you're having to come from out of state. Right. I'm that thinking, travel makes everything so much more complicated. It, it does, especially if, yeah, if there's a waiting period, you got to stay in a hotel or something like that. And like, Ugh. I'm also thinking about the states that border Texas and it's like, right. you've got Arizona, you've got Oklahoma. These are not necessarily that's, states. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it, you're going to places where there's probably also going to be very like tight rules right. and regulation. And you don't always have the money to pay for an abortion and travel and a hotel and uh-huh. you know, all of that stuff. And maybe having to go back twice to do it. You right. know, it's just, it's crazy. President Biden spoke on the issue and stated that the measure blatantly violates the constitutional right to abortion established by Roe v. Wade. In its next term, which begins in October, the Supreme Court will decide whether or not Roe v. Wade should be overruled in a case from Mississippi where abortions are banned after 15 weeks. Lawmakers behind these laws are betting that the Supreme Court's right-leaning status will lead it to sustain the new laws. So this is kind of like building up into overturning Roe v. Wade. A lot of these, Mm -hmm. you know, right to life groups and things like that are going state to state, much like we were discussing with, you know, cannabis legalization and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's more kind of the other side of that, you know, going state to state, trying to create stricter laws around abortion until it gets to the Supreme Court. And then they're hoping for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Which it very well could be. Well, I was going to say with the Supreme Court justices that we have right now, there is a very good chance that that is where we're heading. I do think there is some confusing misinformation being spread right now, though, because I have been seeing some things online saying that Roe v. Wade has been overturned already. No. And things and that that's not the case. We are just getting very dangerously close to that actually. And and I I see how it could be confusing because with Roe v. Wade in place and with the president of the United States saying that this, you know, violates constitutional rights because of Roe v. Wade, I could see how it could be confusing. But this legislation, the um, SBA legislation was written in such a way to kind of make it through all those loopholes and sidestep yeah. actually. Um, and I didn't write a lot of this in my notes, but there's a lot of good resources out there. I'll try and find some and maybe um, post some to our Instagram. But that explain this a little bit better, but it is a Roe v. Wade is federal, right? So how can right. a state make that kind of decision? I mean, I know that there are like other, but the language of this bill was written in such a way as to, it found loopholes 
in that, Roe v. Wade. In Roe v. Wade, basically, that it could like get around right. um, violating that law. Right. No, I, no you got there. That I understand like, what you're that, saying. I know. My brain is is mush. And the Supreme Court had the opportunity to stop SB 8 from going into effect on 9-1. Yep. And they chose not to intervene. So that is not a good sign. It's a very bad sign. Right. For what we are going to see Um in the coming months with whether or not they are going to overturn overturn Roe v. Wade. So yeah. we'll see. In October, when this new term starts and they look at this Mississippi case, there's probably going to be a lot more answers to those questions, even though I think I already know where this is going. Yeah, it's, it's very scary. It should scare everyone. You know, also, it should be said that six weeks you're not even talking about a fetus. Like, I feel like we need to use the correct terms. Um, You're talking about an embryo at that point. Like, you're not even talking about a fetus. And there are a lot... What does this mean? What are the implications for things like in vitro fertilization, where there's oftentimes selective... um, They will go in and remove embryos, or there are medical reasons to remove embryos. Is is it going to be a thing where that's not able to happen anymore right um I don't know because like there are genetic things in my fiance's family where if I were to get pregnant that was something that they would they would say like okay well do you want to go and look for that genetic marker right look at the embryos and look for that genetic marker and like so it's got very scary implications for the possibility of what this could mean down the line medically right for all people who have the possibility of becoming pregnant. Right. It's very scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. So there are some good Texas abortion resources. The National Network of Abortion Funds connects you to organizations that can help to support um, your financial and logistical needs if you are in Texas. And you can find that at abortionfunds.org. There is the Texas Equal Access Fund, and it provides emotional and financial support to people who are seeking abortion care. And you can find that at tfund.org, T-E-A-F-U-N-D.org. There is Fund Texas Choice, which provides travel assistance to Texas residents, whether your appointment is in Texas or if you have to travel out of state. And they can also connect you with organizations who can help fund your abortion, and that is fundtexaschoice.org. And then if of course, you need help finding an abortion clinic near you. Um, you can go to PlannedParenthood.org or ProChoice.org. Uh, and those are some good resources. I will put those in the show notes. It's a very complicated situation. I'm sorry if I didn't articulate myself super well. Well, because I feel like it is very... Com- they're making it very complicated with this law. I think that's why we're having a hard time explaining it because of all the loopholes that they've made And it makes it, and I think that's why there's been some misinformation. It makes it very unclear about the status of Roe v. Wade and abortion rights across the country. So within the next few months, hopefully that will be explained and understood a little bit more. But I think right now, you know, we are recording this on Wednesday. So all of this is just happening today. I think there's a lot of confusion and also just a lot of like being stunned. You know what I mean? It's like this is all happening right now. So I think... Maybe even by next week, hopefully we'll understand this a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. But I think this is such a stupid fucking law <laughs> that we have a hard time even articulating yeah, what, I mean, what, it just, it, what it's going to mean. It you know? feels like a huge step backwards. It is a huge and step backwards. And it just yeah. makes me very sad um, for everybody who is already in... I, th- I think about the times whenever I was young and 
had that panic feeling of like maybe I'm pregnant having come from a really religious family as right. well um, and that fear and I'm just my heart is going out to everybody in Texas right now who's having that panic and yeah. not knowing what to do you know me so. too me too yeah oh gosh well, the other thing we have to talk about today is kind of good news. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good, right? Yeah, I don't know what you're going to say yet. Well, the grand jury indicted the police officers and paramedics in yes. the death of Elijah McClain. Okay, which, that's what I was hoping you were going to yes. talk about. Yes, this is this is much better news. Yes, <laughs> much, much better news. News I wasn't expecting at all because, you know, I've been following this case. I've been following Justice for Elijah McClain on Instagram yep. uh, for quite it's a while now. It's been like now. two years since his death. Yeah, yeah. And I have been kind of seeing the things that have been happening and I didn't expect this today. No. So it's... It's very good news. It is. So a grand jury indicted three police officers and two paramedics involved in the August 2019 death of Elijah McClain. So yes, it has been two years, a little over two years. So he was a 23-year-old black man. He was stopped by police while walking home. Uh, This was a particularly, I think, heartbreaking story that a lot of people really kind of clung to because we really got a lot of like video footage and testimony about this young man and yes um, and his last words the recording of his last words like went viral Mm -hmm. um and especially you know elijah was known to play his violin for kittens and shelters and you know like you were saying the testimonies of the people that knew him were so loud and out there that he did this did become a very for lack of a better word, popular case, because this sweet, kind, young man was taken down in such an unbelievably brutal way. And the cops were still using the same old excuses like, oh, it was a it was a pre-existing heart condition. And if he hadn't fought back, he wouldn't have died. And, and- they were so callous, not only during the event, but also in the in the moments afterwards. Yes. Uh, the recording of the situation of mm-hmm. his death is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, and there were like reenactments that happened later where a couple of the officers went back to the scene and took pictures. Yeah. Uh, and, and things like that where it was just, it was... It was just so horrific. Yeah. Yeah. So Aurora police officers, Randy Rodima and Nathan Woodyard and former police officer Jason Rosenblatt and Aurora fire and rescue paramedics, Jeremy Cooper and Peter Chikunik. I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right. That's how I would have said it. (laughs) Um, And they were each indicted on charges of manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. And in addition, Rodima and Rosenblatt were each indicted on one count of assault and one count of crime of violence. And Cooper and Chihunik (laughs) were each (laughs) indicted on three counts of assault and six counts of crime of violence. I'm very glad the paramedics were looped into all of this as well because it was I can't remember what the substance was that they injected him with but it was it was like a tranquilizer yeah Yeah. and it was like not an appropriate amount for his weight and size and things like that so I'm glad that the paramedics are also being held responsible for their negligence in that moment yeah so that is a bit of good news um I know that his mother has been fighting tirelessly for the last two years to get this case taken seriously 
And I really believe that without the events of last summer and all of the uprisings that happened, the Black Lives Matter uprisings that happened last summer, that this would not have happened. No, it wouldn't have because it was already like almost a year Mm -hmm. since his murder when it came into be to my public knowledge into yeah. my knowledge and the public's knowledge, you know. Mine as well. So I feel like it was because of, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of these really highlighted stories and the fact that we had these recordings from his death, that his story was another one that really just took the news by storm and made people really, really angry and upset. And I hope that this also means that there can still be justice for others who haven't mm-hmm. received justice. I mm-hmm. still think of Brianna Taylor yeah. constantly. I follow her mother on Instagram. I really, really hope that this means that it isn't too late for others who are still waiting for justice to receive that. What it means is that we have to keep fighting. Yep. We have to keep these people in the forefront of our Minds, And I hope that this indictment does that for people. I hope that seeing that it is possible to get justice reminds people that, hey, don't forget about Breonna Taylor. Don't forget about these other people who still have yet to see justice, whose families have yet to see justice. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a, a, a good reminder that just because it's been a year or it's been two years, right. it doesn't mean that it's time to give up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's all that I've got today. Do you have anything else, Matt? That's all I've got today. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for always writing in the different topics that you would like for us to cover. Please continue to do so. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist.gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with your fellow listeners on the group page. If you haven't already, we would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would please leave us a five-star positive review on Apple Podcasts. It truly does help us so much, and it makes our day. All right, that's all we have for today. With all that being said, we encourage you to raise on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.